We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast, here's Arden Caleb. Yes, sir, it's a Wednesday, April 24th, 2019. We're recording this just afternoon. Uh, on this episode uh, Between the Stammers, uh, we're going to talk a little uh, Canucks draft. Who should they take? Uh, we should talk about free agency as well. Should the Canucks go after a big fish? Uh, also, maybe should we talk about the Canucks upper management? Should they have more? And let's get into that NHL playoffs this year. It's been a crazy one. Crazy, crazy playoff this year. Uh, Caleb Kirby here along with myself, Art Aronson. Art, how are you? I'm doing all right, sir. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Couple of beauty games in this last week, hey, playoffs wise. Yeah, this well, the playoffs have just been very unpredictable. Yeah. So far this year. And we definitely will get into a little bit of that. But uh first I thought we'd get into what's going on in Canuckland right now. Nice. Uh there's uh there's talk out there about uh who the Canucks should take, of course, with that first pick that they have at number ten. Uh a couple of names that keep getting thrown out there. Cole Caulfield, who's lighting it up. Mm-hmm. at the World Under-18, I guess is what it is, World Championships Under-18. Yep. Uh, Matthew Boldy, his teammate on that team as well, is another choice that I think people are talking about, and I know you are of favor to, yep. that the Canucks should take. Uh, Colfield, though, like this guy is like killing it. Like He has 11 goals so far in like just four games at the World Juniors. At the uh, at that uh, World Championship, sorry, and uh, he's coming off a record-setting season in the U.S. Uh, developmental program. There, he had 69 goals. It shattered old records. Ding, ding, ding. Update from my computer. Uh, he had uh, he split between U18 and U17. He put up 54 goals, just one shy of Austin Matthews' record of 55. So uh, Caulfield there has just been killing it this year. Uh, where, where, where are you on the Caulfield versus Boldy? Obviously, you said Boldy. Why are you so against Caulfield? I just think um, I just think Boldy has the tools that I want for this team. He's a bigger player. I mean, Caulfield. A just... lot of people are making the argument that like, yeah, size doesn't matter in the NHL anymore. Size still matters in the NHL. If you're watching playoff hockey right now, you're knowing that size still kind of matters in the NHL. Colefield's just five foot seven, <laughs> yeah. so that's I think Colefield is one of those guys who will be great on the rush for any team. But when you get that established pressure, which you don't you don't see that in usually U eighteen hockey as much as you see it in the NHL in the zone. I wonder if Colefield is the guy who's going to be eliminated a little bit more. I like Boldy because of his size. Um, I think he's a really smart player. He's not as good of a skater as a guy like Colefield. But I like Boldy's size, and I like the ability. Um, I like that he can use his body to get around the net, get pucks, uh, fight for pucks down low, do all those types of things. It's it's sneaky, man. Like, you don't want to put too much stock into these tournaments sometimes. I mean, some of these goals are against a team like, like Latvia or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But... Um, when you watch these types of tournaments, it's always run-and-gun hockey. It's always up and down the ice wide open. Yeah. The defensive side of the game isn't as developed as it is in the NHL. And I think a guy like Colefield, with his size and the type of player he is, um, he's probably going to struggle in the NHL a little bit more. All right. Yeah, well, obviously it's gonna it's a different league. But uh, you run the risk of missing out on high-end talent like Johnny Gaudreau, like 
you know, Braden Point. Yeah. Even Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. even though he was highly touted when he came through and was well, even a guy like Mitch Marner too, right? Yeah, like Mitch a, a, a yeah. smaller guy. Yeah. Um, and you're not wrong for that. If your team needs that, a, a guy who's good in transition, go for it. I kind of think the Canucks have a guy like that already that can do some of that lifting coming through the neutral zone and attacking. Where I think their game lacks is is net front presence down low, winning pucks off the boards, cycling that type of stuff. You can see towards the end of the season that the Canucks were trying to do that. Thought Brock Besser really improved his game this year at that specific thing. But if I'm looking at a guy who I think fits better to that mold, I I, I think it's Boldy. All right. Yeah. Other choices that going right around that ten area, people are talking about uh, Victor Soderstrom, Alex Newhook, who we know from these parts, he played for the Victoria Grizzlies yep. in the BCHL. He's Great player, right in that area as well. So. Uh, lots of forwards right in that area, it looks like. Uh, they're saying this draft's really deep. That defenseman for Finland's kind of interesting, too, that Vili Hainola guy. Um, I like what I've seen out of him as well. I mean, we've seen a little bit of Soderstrom, but uh, I think Hainola's right up there, too, with a guy who might be able to do something. I don't know if any of them are like going to be, like like I said, generational defensemen. No. I even feel that way about um, Bone Byram. On the, on the Giants, I don't know if he's going to turn into that guy, but I think he'll be a, a good top four yeah. pairing defenseman. Yeah, and you think the Canucks should be drafting for <clears throat> what they need right now? Yeah, so you believe that? Yeah, I, I fully believe that. Even yeah. in the first round, yeah. and and like I said, it's a center heavy draft. A lot of these centers are going to be flying off the board because everybody wants a nice spine on their team. Yeah, I think if Boldy's there, to me, like left winger. Skilled guy, bigger body. He checks all the boxes. Okay, and speaking of needs, should the Canucks go after a big fish here in free agency? There's some really big names. This is, you know, if you look back on the past few free agent classes, I don't think the names are as big as some of the names we've had so far here looking uh, for this summer. Some of those guys, July 1st. Well, what do you think on this one? Uh, This is, it's hard because... We don't know how much Markstrom, what that contract's going to be. We don't know what Brock Besser's contract is going to be. Uh, somewhere down the line, you have to play, pay guys like Elias Pettersson, and uh, they've got a pretty good deal on Bull Horvat right now. Yeah. But I, it's, it's like, how do you see into the future there? But, I mean, if you bring a guy in like Carlson and Panarin, he's going to really up the value of some of these kids you have. You know, like these guys, these, it would be helpful, but... Then you're going to get into cap problems later on the line, depending on how long these contracts are going to be, because you know both these guys are looking to make bank. They're yeah. they're making six and a half million, both of them. That's their cap hit anyway, six and a half million. Uh, so they're going to want a long, and they're 27, 28, which is like the sweet spot for having that one big contract. I thought Carlson was 29. Uh, Carlson is 28 right oh, now. Oh, okay. sorry, and. Uh, Artemi Panarin is 27. So Interesting. Yeah. What do you think on either of those? Um, I know a lot of the Canucks uh, fan base wants Carlson. I totally get it. I don't see it. I mean, I think by the time he would join the Canucks, he, he would be 29. He, to me, is a guy who's going to want like kind of a cash-out tra- um, contract with term. And if you're going to spend $10 million on this guy, which it sounds like that's the going rate, 
that is going to affect your cap. It will because you're not going to get it. You're not going to sign him to a shorter deal. Like he's going to want term, and if you lock a guy up like this for ten million, and you have ten million of of your of your salary cap already allotted to this guy, down the road it will hurt you with guys like Besser, um, Horvat, who, who eventually will need to get re up, uh, Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, right? Like those are the money the Canucks should be spending. Um, those are the guys the Canucks should be spending money on, and I think, especially what we've with what we've seen out of Carlson this year, he's struggled to stay healthy. He's had groin issues multiple times. There's, I mean, we got to apologize to the San Jose Sharks now, but like that series looked over very early on, and they were getting turnstiled that D that D back there. And I think part of that was Eric Carlson, yeah. you know, not being at his full speed. Yeah, yeah, like he's for feeling, sure. He's probably I think he's feeling a little bit better now. Car- Carlson, to. to me, is a guy who you're bringing for all the offensive side of his game, right? Canucks just have a guy like that in in Hughes. And, I mean, the argument could be made, why not just have two of those guys? And it's a good argument. It's It completely holds water, right? But I think either of these you, names, though, if, would change this yeah, team big time. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. If you're and if you're lacking on defense and you need that short up a little bit, it it is a bit of a roll of the dice for for a guy like Benning to do this. I I personally wouldn't risk it on Carlson at all. But if he does, I'll be like, okay, bold move. Let's see how it goes. I'm not going to be mad about it. Do you think Carlson right? would want something like, you know, like an eight to ten year contract? Don't you think? I think it would be yeah, around. I think it would be like an eight-year contract. Yeah, like I think it will be that. One. I think it's his cash-out contract. Yeah. Right. And 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 there's something Same to for be Panarin, said. I think both guys. Yeah. For guys like when they start when these injuries start racking up, especially like Carlson's known for his skating. These have been groin injuries that have hampered him this season. Like to me, that's too big of a red flag to probably make that jump for myself. The Panarin one doesn't bug me as much. I think like, you know, the, if the Canucks made a run at. Panarin, I completely understand it. I don't think he's going to come here, but I I could see them making a move for that. Uh, Eric Carlson, 45 points in 53 games this year, so he was a bit of an injury bug. Uh, Artemi Panarin, nice nice year, 87 points in 79 games. That's incredible. The bread man, he's uh, he can play. Yeah, and wouldn't he look nice playing with, you know, Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser? Yeah. Ooh-wee. That would uh, that would change the team. Either of those names would change the team. But yeah, you got to look into your crystal ball and be like, crystal jockstrap, crystal jockstrap, <laughs> and know that these guys are going to want long term and big bucks, and it's going to affect the team down the line. And that would change the course of this way this team is going. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, other things going on in Canuckland this year, uh, this uh, this uh, this week rather. Sorry. Uh, Francesco Accolini, who is is active on Twitter, but usually doesn't say a whole lot about the Canucks, really. I mean, he talks about, like, games a little bit and outcomes, but he doesn't talk anything about management. He doesn't talk about how the team is run. He uses it mostly to talk about lift and ride-sharing. Uh, but yeah. I guess he felt the need to come out and dispel some rumors that the Canucks were going after Dean Lombardi, who is floating out there, I guess. His name's floating around out there as a guy who could be hired. Yeah, I think now he's linked to the Flyers. Yeah. 
Um, Former, I guess, president of operations at uh, the for the LA Kings when they made their runs there. So yeah, it's just kind really, of a big name out there. It's really funny to hear his side of it, like uh, Aquilini's side of it, because he's just like, I have never ever even talked to this guy. Yeah, and there's like four different journalists out there saying that yes, you have right. Mm-hmm. Like there's Friedman, who I think originally broke the story, Botchford, Sicaris. And uh, Ed Wills from the province have all said, like all linked Aquilini talking to um, talking to Dean Lombardi at some point. I I don't know who specifically wrote the article of like, yeah, l- like they're talking from Lombardi's perspective, being like, I don't see why Lombardi would want to go there with all like the wake of destruction, like from losing all the other GMs presidents that we've had. It might be like a key factor in Lombardi not wanting to come to Vancouver at all. Mm. And I think that was maybe the comment that kind of triggered uh, Aquilini a little bit, being like, no, this didn't happen. Like, this whole thing is is a farce. And, I mean, who knows? Like, usually, like you said, Art, where there's smoke, there's fire. In the, and in this case, I mean, it's four separate guys that are pretty trusted in the media talking about it, right? And then... Aquilini kind of going on the defense, especially at this time of year. It's a little weird to me. Yeah, I think it's a little interesting as well. Do you think the Canucks need more management, upper management, a president of operations or anything like that? Or do you like the way it's it's running right now, the way they have it set up? I mean, at this point, I would leave it. You know, I I don't think you need to bring a, a president in there and give them, like, carte blanche over what's happening. You know, um, maybe after Benning... Like if if Benning goes at some point, yeah. and you want to build that office up again, that's a conversation you have before you hire another gen. Uh, before you hire another GM, is do we need a president? Go ahead, find that president. Give the president the job of finding the GM, and then move from there. Right? Pretty weird instance in in hockey to lose your president before your GM. Yeah, interesting comments anyway, and that's floating around Canuck land. Yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to get into about the Vancouver Canucks there, Curb? No, I think I think we're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the draft, that's really the next big thing, and there'll be talk going into that and then free agency. So, But I still think that's a little ways away. Right now, we're all kind of enthralled in the NHL playoffs, and what a crazy NHL playoff it has been. So far, just one upper seed. I count, of the eight playoff series that have happened. Uh, Looks like one's going to finish up tonight, and Washington could also buck that trend again uh, tonight when they're facing Carolina in their Game 7. But so far, all of the dogs except Boston have won. Crazy. What has surprised you the most, Herb? Um, Surprised me the most? Yeah. Uh, Well, no, wasn't San Jose rated higher than Vegas? That's oh. a two-three oh, matchup. Okay, right? that's yeah. my, my mistake. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Sorry about that. So two there, yeah. There's been two, two, two favorites so far have won. I gotta say, even though the San Jose was in the favor of that series, I'm so surprised they came back and won it. Yeah, I'm so surprised. Yeah, like last week we were completely writing them off on this podcast. We were completely like with Martin Jones and everything, and Martin Jones fucking stole that game six. Yeah, single-handedly stole that game six. Played crazy good hockey, and then last night. He when when they went down three nothing, 
like I was like, okay, this third goal is on Jones. Like it was a weak one. Mm-hmm. He should have stopped it. We thought it was over. Then we thought too. that game was over at that point. Yeah. And so then, I guess we should talk about this game and just then, because it yeah, was so great. It was incredible. Yeah. So we're talking about game seven between the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks. Vegas goes up three nothing, and it's like almost midway through the third period. And this is where you're like, that third goal goes in on Jones. Pacioretty scores. Like it's a it's a bit of a softy. And we're going, well, that's the fat lady singing now. Yeah. Like that's that that's how you destroy a team's confidence at that point. Yeah. When your goalie lets in a goal like that. And then immediately afterwards, well not immediately, but a few minutes afterwards, there's a play in the Vegas Golden Knights end of the rink. Joe Pavelski's taking a face off. And he gets cross-checked by Cody Eakin. Yeah. And then he run. I'm not sure who the other player was. He kind of span off. He kind of spun off another guy, lost his balance, hit his head on the ice. Like an Alex Edler kind of play. Yeah. That way. You know, if you remember Alex Edler hitting his face on the ice earlier this year, and it was a really scary moment. And this is what happened to Joe Pavelski. And he went down, and it, it looked bad. And you could see the uh, blood. And But a lot of people are like, is this was this even a penalty to begin with? The, yeah. The 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 referees on the ice were like, we have to do something. This guy's down. We got to call penalty. It called a five minute major. Yeah. Five minute major, which San Jose goes on to score four goals on. Yeah. Logan Couture pops two of them. Yeah. Like, and he was fired up. Oh man, I, their team just got fired up during that power play. I've never seen anything like. I've that. never seen anything like that either. And like. The the call is fucking questionable. Yeah. Like, two minutes for cross-checking, maybe, on Eakin. Yeah. But he gets a five-minute major because of, like, Pavelski falling in a weird position and smashing his head off the ice. Yeah. I totally get why the Knights are pissed. I don't think this call should ever be reviewed, ever, period, ever. Like, I don't think okay, well, we that's, need to go to yeah. video review for yeah. this type of thing in a hockey game. Yeah. Let refs call it the way it is. And if it happens, it happens. At the end of the day in this game, if you're bad enough to let four goals in in five minutes, you kind of deserve to lose. Like even, you can even, slice it up even any on way a pen- you want. Even on a penalty kill. Fucking rights. So. Yeah. yeah. If you're I mean, allowing four goals. Yeah, in like four minutes. <laughs> come on. Stop the bleeding, <laughs> yeah. Vegas. Like you had some chances to stop that bleeding. And you could see it with Flurry. Like Flurry was panicking in his net. Yeah. He was overplaying everything. Yeah. And that's how they were scoring on him. Yeah. It was a, just a ridiculously high pressure situation. And they folded like a cheap suit. Here's Jonathan Marshall talking about what happened. Obviously, he's very heated because it was, you know, the end of their season. And here's him in a presser with reporters after the game. Call the two, okay, but a five with something you don't even see. You just call the outcome. Joke, it's embarrassing. That's what it is. What What did they tell you on the ice as a team? Oh, he, he says it looks pretty bad. Ferla told me it looks pretty bad. Wait, if it looks pretty bad, you clearly do not see it. It's a face-off. It's a push. When it, probably 50% of the face-off players, when they lose, they give a small cross check, right? If you want to call the cross check, call it. It's fine. Like it's a cross check. But seriously, like he, he falls bad. It's unfortunate. He's like. I'm a big fan of Joe Pavelski, I'll get him wrong. He's an awesome player. And he went down, and I really hope he's okay and he's going to come back. But that call like, changes the whole outcome, changes the whole future of us, the outcome of this year. And it's, it's a joke. I mean, I would be embarrassed. 
Jonathan Marshall obviously very heated. It was after the game, and you realize your season's over, and you're trying to figure out how that happened because you looked home and cooled out. Yeah, with, you know, 12 minutes to go in the third period. I mean, Marchie's got a point too. Like talking about the refs didn't see it, and I kind of agree with him. I don't think the refs saw the full thing. I think they called what they saw on the ice, the aftermath of it, which is not good NHL refing. But I don't ever think that we should go to replay on something like this. And I, I and actually, it might even hurt uh, the NHL if they were to do that because it's that momentum that you get, right? Uh, sharks are chomping at the bit to start uh, attacking to, to do some damage on this thing. And this is the same with the Vegas, right? Like, they're getting ready. And if you were to slow the game down to review it and review it and review it, what would the outcome be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like. Well, yeah. that's what it brought up today. That's what everybody's talking <clears throat> about. Should the referee's been given an opportunity to take a look at the play and get the call right. It's subjective, though. Again, yeah, right. You're calling. You're you're going to a, a video review to make a subjective call that you've already made. To me, that's redundant, mm-hmm. right? Um, but like, I do feel for them, and it's funny we were talking about. The, the Vegas Golden Knights and just being like, you know, their run last year, how they were kind of playing with house money. And they go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Cinderella run. Yeah. They lose. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. It was our inaugural season. What a fucking ride. This is amazing. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, that's why my heart uh, still is kind of with these Vegas fans because I'm like, oh, they're just so positive. They've never had like a something torment them yet. And then, boom, last night happens and they're down in the mud fucking frustrated with this league just like the rest of us yeah i can't say i'm like that upset for them and i understand like this call is iffy but just for that very reason of course everything has been turning up vegas golden knights here yeah uh in two years pretty much so yeah this sucks for them i will say that but uh it was entertaining for me to watch i was out of my (laughs) seat like i was out of my seat and and i like i don't have any invested in these two teams emotionally but just like with how ridiculous it was i was just like in shock yeah it was really something to behold Uh, i've never seen anything quite like it i i think this first round of the playoffs to me has been the best first round i've ever seen and we've seen some amazing first rounds but like this this one so far just seems like every series has had a moment like every series has had like kind of like a defining moment that you remember that like moved one team ahead or where another team just completely collapsed and fell. I think we're less a little bit prisoner of the moment, but it's been crazy because like look at all these teams that you didn't expect to win win. Like St. Louis Blues. Did anybody take them to take to be no. Winnipeg? And this is why playoff hockey to me is the best, because it's like the the first two rounds of the NBA finals are a joke. Yeah. Like it's top teams just fucking stomping guys mm-hmm. for the first two rounds. And right. then you get into some basketball that actually matters. Look at the parody in this right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you want. How this many underdogs got. came and fought back and came through this series? And it's been a grind already. And that's also why anything can happen if you make the dance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that you, that kind of spells it out a little bit right there as well. I don't think anybody really expected uh, Dallas to beat Nashville either. No. I, 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 that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I just thought that, like, I was watching the games and I was like, wow, any team could win when you when you are in that series. Each series, you you were like, wow, any, either of these teams could win this series. And I, Yeah. No, yeah. Go. I will say that that series fucking sucked until <laughs> the last game they played in the third period – 
we're both goalies. We're just like trading chances. Like Bishop and Rene were standing on their head, like standing on their yeah, fucking that was fun. head. That was fun. That uh, game chances. six. That yeah. game six was fun. That went into overtime. And then it goes into overtime, and like they both look insanely dialed in. Like that game to me was. That's a moment of that series I'm going to remember. I'm just yeah. like, wow, this goaltending has been phenomenal. Uh, just talk about Dallas just for a second because we did talk on this podcast earlier this year when uh, one of their upper management guys, can't remember his name now, called out the team. And, yeah. you know, like it's interesting where their season has gone since then. Not unlike uh, St. Louis where they were the worst team in the league uh, and now they're one of the best teams in the league and going to the second round. Interesting that... You know, those top players, they just needed to need a little kick in the ass, maybe, because when you watch Radulov, Ben, and Sagan, they were fantastic, and especially in that game six, watching them. Yeah, they were working miracles in that game. They had so many shots. Sagan, man, like, he looked possessed. He was just lifting guys' sticks, taking the pucks, like, right away from him, turning the play around by himself. Sagan really impressed me in that game. Yeah. Uh, the other series that really wasn't that good, I guess, was Columbus-Tampa Bay. And that's probably the biggest shocker because Tampa Bay was easily the num- number one, number one seed overall. And they just uh, they just couldn't even win a game. I don't think it wasn't not good. I thought it was good because thought I thought good? that there was still intensity. Okay. There was still pace. Like, the games were really, really fast. Yeah. And that's how Tampa plays. But Columbus was keeping up with them and doing it physically. Okay. Um, and then just that the moment, like the the turning point moment in that was you know game one sticking with Bobrovsky. Yeah, I like I love the stories that have unfolded in this series. Same with same with Islanders Pittsburgh. Like the way that went down, both those teams were competing. It's just one team was faster. One team was just a little yeah. better. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, I and that's you know you don't have to have a long series I guess for it to be a good series if every game yeah. is good. So that's a decent point to make. Uh, Calgary uh, Colorado. Did this surprise you at all? I mean, it had to surprise some people because Calgary got, you know, pretty beaten down in this series, lost in five games, and they were the number one seed in the West. Well, we talked about this last week, too, and we were saying, you know, this this uh, series is going to come down to its stars. And we even posed the question, like, who are you going with? Are you going with McKinnon or are you going with Goudreau? Mm-hmm. We took McKinnon. Yeah. McKinnon it was a major reason why the uh, tilt in the ice was in advantage for the Avalanche for the most part of that series. Oh. Goudreau needs to nut up, man. Like, he can't act like he's the only guy getting hacked out there. It's just amazing to me. Like, uh, the guy, you know, he's going to get checked, and he's smaller, and he will get pushed around and stuff like that. But, like, you can't be looking to the ref every single fucking time. You can't be shaking your glove out. Like, what does that do? One hand on the stick, you're shaking your glove out all the time. You're making the ref look stupid. The crowd sees it, right? The crowd sees it. They go, oh, he got slashed. He's shaking his glove out. Oh, he got slashed. He's shaking his glove out. Crowd starts booing the ref. The ref's like, I'm not fucking calling a penalty on this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy's making me look like an asshole. Why would I? Yeah. Right? And that's, I think that's a big reason why Calgary lost is just the stars for um, Colorado were just more focused on playing the game. And the stars for Calgary got lost in they trying to get penalties like called for over them. forty-five shots a game. Yeah, against Calgary in that, so they dominated. They yeah. did. They dominated. And Calgary's usually the team that's you know taking it, taking it to the other team. That's what yeah. they did all year. Uh, so that was that was that was a little shocking for sure. I would say uh, Nathan McKinnon. He's fun to watch though. So uh, it's fun to see him go off to the second round. Uh, so I kind of. Yeah, we, we touched on the Islanders and Penguin series before in a different podcast, and we just did there too. But I guess we got to talk about Toronto 
and Canada's last hope, I guess. Yeah. No Canadian team left in the playoffs after the Boston Bruins continued the domination that they've had over rival Toronto with a 5-1 win over the Maple Leafs after getting that Game 7. Uh, you thought the Bruins were going to go in there and win Game 7, right? I did. Yeah. Well, the, it was in Boston, but yeah, yeah I or, did. Sorry, yeah. I yeah, did think the Bruins were going to win care after that game six. Yeah. I think that's a mental hurdle that the Leafs are trying to overcome, really. This is like the third time in, what, six years that this has happened to them yeah. against, against Boston. Boston. Third time, third season in a row, though, that the Leafs have been bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Are, do you think people in Leafland right now are questioning What's going on with their coach? What's 100%. going on uh, in management here? Yeah, they're questioning everything right yeah. now. Like, yeah. and and they're probably doing it a little too much because they're they're Leafs fans, but they're also just hockey fans. I mean, we do yeah. it here too, yeah. right? But like, it's always so sensationalized with what's happening it, over in Toronto. I mean, I I read a tweet from Sid Cicero being like, "This is the last game for the Leafs, Babcock." will ever coach i saw that and i was like i don't i don't think that's true like i think he's probably okay yeah um but we'll see what happens i like boston's just built better than toronto they are like toronto has like more top end firepower that can be creative off the rush Mm -hmm. but like when it comes to grinding you down boston's just built better like they are a better team top to bottom than the toronto maple Leafs, and that's why they won that series right toronto can Strike quickly, and, you know, there was a point in that game where it was 2 nothing, and it was a perfect example. Tavares just gets the puck in an open spot, shoots, it scores. Yeah. They're back in the game, right? But depth-wise, like, you look at the defense of Toronto, it's not there yet. You know, Jake Gardner's on the ice for two of those, uh, the first two scored against him, and you could tell he was already a little bit of a pariah. Like, you could just feel... You could uh, feel poor, it in the broadcast. Poor even Jake the, Gardner. Even the way they zoomed on him, like, <laughs> after the goal was scored. Yeah. Right? Um, but, like, yeah, he's going to probably have to be off that team if Toronto wants their D to get better. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things. Mm-hmm. they got to get I better don't have, on their own end. Yeah, I don't have the clip of it, but Morgan Riley was, like, harsh in his defense. Yeah. He's like, well, that's fucking wrong. He's a great defenseman. We want him back here. Yeah. Because, of course, everybody's grilling the other defenseman of the Toronto Maple Leafs about their fellow guy, Jake Gardner. So, I mean, our only Stanley Cup pick that between you and I, what did you, you had San Jose, right? So I had we San two, Jose. We yeah. have two left. Yeah. You have San Jose, I have Boston. Okay. Yeah. And then we're we're wrong on the other ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. We're we're at fifty percent. We're not terrible. I mean we're not terrible. My one team got bounced in four yeah. games straight. So Art had the Lightning in San Jose and mm-hmm. I had the Jets in Boston. Yeah. So who who knows? We might uh we might come out of this thing yet. We might with our actually pick. have something. By the way, we're not cheering these teams on or anything crazy like that. This is just predictions, right? Uh, d- that's another thing I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on. Uh there's a lot on Twitter about people saying or trying to tell other people who to cheer for in the playoffs right now. Where <laughs> like I've never been a guy who will just cheer for the Canadian team because it's a Canadian team. Oh, fuck no. But people feel, there's people out there that feel like it's their civic duty to do it. Well, I mean, they can feel however they want to feel, but it's just like telling somebody how to spend their money. Why, like, what does it fucking matter? It's their personal choice. Yeah. Let people cheer for who they want to cheer for. If you like underdogs, root for underdogs. 
If you like dynasties, root for dynasties. If you think that this team uh, did something egregious towards your team 20 years ago and you can't let it go, kind of like me with the avalanche, um, you yeah. know. Well, you see, that's that's part of my problem. Like, there are just some teams that I just will never cheer for. Right. Like, the avalanche is one. Uh, the Flames, the other. Yeah. The Oilers, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. I just will never cheer for those teams. And it's because of so many years of divisional matchups and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I, and I feel like the same maybe should be said for like the Chicago Blackhawks. And I don't know, but I just feel there's more. And I think the fanship as well, like other fans, Calgary fans and and uh, yeah, that's part Oilers of fans. I think that's part of it as well. So, yeah. you know, it, it seems closer to home than other ones like Boston or Chicago. For whatever reason, I don't cheer against them. I fucking hated that Boston team in 2011. Like, I hated them, right? I hated, like, but the way Mark Recchi acted and stuff like that. I, I hated that. I couldn't hate those fucking Chicago teams. Like, I could be frustrated that Buffalo scored on us, and I could be frustrated with, like, how good the coaching was from Quenville. But I couldn't, like, bring myself to actually hate, hate those teams because there was too much I liked about them. Yeah. Like, I liked Taves too much. I liked Kane too much. I liked Keith too much. I liked the way that uh, Taves leaded the team, like, through those playoff runs. Yeah. I, I liked all that sort of stuff. So so with a team like Chicago, it was a healthy respect. Yeah, and I also right? felt like the Canucks were, well, not in 2011, but for most of those big series and stuff, I felt the Canucks were the underdog. They were, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm okay losing to the team that's better. But I think when I look at some of these other teams, like Calgary and Edmonton and some of these, and uh, Minnesota and uh, Colorado, I know Colorado was a favorite for a long time against the Canucks, but for the most part, I felt like the Canucks should have beat them. Oh, like right? when, when the Canucks fell off, in what was that 2002 2003 to yeah. to minnesota in the second round yeah. i was like how the fuck did they lose this yeah, i know and it's yeah. just it hurts so yeah. much more so that's why i think that's why when i look at teams who i'm cheering for and whatever i did okay so now there's no canadian team left in the playoffs who are you cheering for i had one buddy text me last night and go Bleh, nhl playoffs are over i got nobody to cheer for well i mean like i i guess i i kind of mentioned it before i'm a bit of an underdog guy right right um, so you got a lot of those left. Yeah, over. there's uh, there's some of those left in there. Last year, I kind of got down to be like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the Caps win because I it would be cool to see Ovi get a cup, right? It's a nice story and everything. Ovi got his cup now. That Caps-Carolina series that I've been watching, which has been fantastic, by Game the way. 7 goes this evening. Game 7 is this evening. And, evening. This, and in this series, I'm cheering for Carolina. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I like about that team. I like the bunch of jerks storyline from this year. They're young, they're fast. Um, they haven't made the Stanley Cup in ten years, so it's good to see like a market down in the states that's been very soft attendance wise and everything because the team's been shit for a decade. Come roaring back and and really uh, take on the mantle of cheering for their franchise again. You winning think winning you th- cures everything. Winning does cure stuff, and- but do you also think like this team doesn't deserve it? Well, or they were so bad that that's why no fans were I there. Think and part why did of you it was that? they were so bad. I think Jim Rutherford, like before he left to go to Pittsburgh, he fucked that team up for a while with some of the moves he made. And I mean, like, you know this. I'm a bit of a closet Carolina fan. Right. I, I always have been. And I mean, a big part of it's like Campbell River connection, Rod, Rod Brendamore. Rod the Bob now doing the coach, a good job. Now the coach of this team is doing a good job. Like I'm, I'm just. And you like that Fogel guy? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Warren Fogel, McLovin, <laughs> McLovin's been great. Um, 
and 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 Washington won last year, right? So there's I, just I'm a okay lot of seeing, fresh blood. Seeing yeah. things change a little bit yeah. as far as the playoff landscape is concerned. I mean, you look at some of these matchups tonight. Uh, if if Carolina does find a way to win, they're going to take on the Islanders in the second round. That's fucked. Like, when's the last time right? we had an Islanders? Yeah. Which means one of those teams is going to be in the Eastern Conference Final. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Yeah. And then on the other side, Columbus is taking on Boston. What if Columbus finds a way to beat Boston? And they could. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't they? Columbus they just has been Tampa. Playing, yeah, they've been playing playoff hockey for the past two months. Yeah, apparently. Just trying to get in. Yeah, and now they're, like, doing practices, and I saw, like, reports that thousands of people are coming to their practices. Yeah. Just because they, they, you know, they're like this Cinderella team they're jumping on in Columbus. First time in 19 years that that team has made it past the first round, yeah. and they've had some shit luck. Like, the last three seasons where they've made it, I've always felt like, man, they're a good enough team to go into the second round, but they're they're always playing like the defending Stanley Cup champs, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Washington knocked them out last year. It's just like yeah. the, the road that they've been on has always been one of the hardest roads to get where they need to go, and they slayed a fucking giant in the Pittsburgh Penguins in four games. Yeah. That's incredible. Definitely. Like, how can you not be cheering for Columbus a little bit? Yeah, I in their I mean, in their even, 19 even years. 19 years. Yeah. This is the first time they've ever advanced. And they got Tortsy. Yeah. He's entertaining, right? Yeah, he's always good for a soundbite. <laughs> yeah, I the only second round series that I'm looking at that I'm not really that thrilled about, Dallas St. Louis. Yeah. I don't know why. There's something about that St. Louis team that's just boring. A little bit. Yeah, I I love watching Tarasenko though, and I think he's one of my favorite players in the league to watch right now. Jaden Schwartz really came alive yeah. in those last two games. He's got a hat trick. Yeah, one of the reasons why they even they even passed Winnipeg. Yeah. And a lot of people before that were like, fuck, he's useless. When's he going to do anything? And then he just like flicked on and, and scored four that goals. That St. Louis games. team kind of reminds me of like, I don't know they're playing the Dallas Stars right now, but they remind me of the Dallas Stars of the early 2000s. You know, big chugging team, big defensemen back there. Yeah. You know, control the game. Got a pretty good goalie and, you know, hopefully come out on top at the end of it. Well, it's kind of what they remind me of. A couple of big playmakers up front, you know, like, you know, they had Medan or whatever. Here they got Tarasenko or uh, Schwartz, right? It's going to be a low-scoring affair. You think so? You have, uh, like, a Vesna finalist on one side with uh, Ben Bishop. Yeah. Right? And then you have Jordan Bennington on the other side, who since he's taken over that crease has been very, very stingy. Yeah. Dallas is known as one of the best defensive teams in the league this year, but their transition is incredible. Like Their transition game is really, really good. And um, St. Louis isn't really known for scoring too, too much. Like They had a pretty low offensive output towards that last little bit of a run. So I think we're going to see low-scoring games. I think we're going to see physical games. And whoever, who's ever the least banged up, is probably going to come out of that series. Okay, call it right now. Dallas-St. Louis. I am going to go with... So I guess St. Louis has St. Louis has the uh, home ice. Yeah, it's just St. Louis are... I'm going to go with St. Louis, even though I'm not confident in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Dallas. Nice. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... I think there's something going on with that team. I don't know what it is. I, it's, uh, and I, I watch them, and I'm just like... They, they're firing on all cylinders. Like, they have, like, two lines that are really, really good. And their third line can pop one as well. Zuccarello's playing like Zuccarello in yeah. the playoffs. That guy is a stud in the playoffs. Always has been. For his days in the Rangers, I was yeah. like, this guy's underrated as fuck. Yeah. He's the greatest like, Norwegian player of all time. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he, and he, he, his ability to make plays under high-pressure situations, I think, 
doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take Dallas there. Uh, so, Colorado, San Jose. Zuccarello is actually a player who'd fit in okay on the Canucks. If you could get him at a good price, he would be a good fit on, on the Canucks. Yeah. 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 He's going to be a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have him. You know, I just told you how much I like him. Yeah. Yeah. But they'd probably have to overpay for him. Probably. Yeah. Jimbo loves. And he would do it. He loves flashing the cash. There's one guy that would do it. Jimbo. Jimbo Benning. Uh, Colorado versus San Jose. Not exactly Vincent Damfus versus Joe Sackick, but uh, we got McKinnon versus Joe Pavelski. Colorado's taking this. Colorado's taking this. That's, I, that's my that's my pick for this. I'm going to go with the opposite because I have to. <laughs> I've already taken San Jose, uh, and I feel like San Jose is going to like really draw on that game seven victory. Like the the fans in that building and the team, like the 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 cheering after the goal that the the tying goal was just it was electric. And I we didn't even, yeah. there was the sound wasn't even up. Yeah, in the uh, in the pub that we were watching it in, and I was like, holy shit. Okay, and I also told you that I would tell you my San Jose shark story. Uh, are we are we going with that right now? Yeah, right okay. now, right All now, because right. we're talking about the Sharks right now. Has to do with the Canucks too. Okay. So, I'm in San Jose. My my uh, aunt and uncle live there in San Jose, and uh, we were visiting. I guess uh, I can't. I guess springtime, maybe maybe right before the end of the regular season. And this is uh, I'm trying to figure out the year, late '90s, early 2000s, maybe. And no, I get no, sorry, late 90s is what it is. I'm going to go 97, 98 or something like that. And uh, they surprise us with tickets to the Sharks game. And we're going to the Shark Tank. And guess who they're playing that night? Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks. Couldn't believe it. It was unreal. That In goal unreal. for the Vancouver Canucks, Felix Potvan. Nice. And uh, the Sharks came away, like the Canucks uh, went up. I just I can't remember exactly how it went down, but the Canucks went up early and the Sharks came from behind and won. And Owen Nolan was like spectacular in the yeah. game. And I just thought it was crazy that the only Sharks game that I ever went to, they were playing against the Canucks. That's awesome. And that was the year Owen Nolan had his like you know point and score yeah. in the All Star game and stuff like that. It uh, anyway, that was exciting. And I, and the only reason I tell you the story was because it just reminded me watching the fans there. I remember how loud it was. Like, the Sharks fans, they bring it there, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that arena gets really loud. What do you think of their little power play hand chomp thing that they do? I don't know. To the Jaws music. Yeah, whatever. I think it's a little <laughs> ham-fisted. Yeah. I no. mean, they're the Sharks. Whatever. I don't, yeah, I don't love Wait, it. I don't like that. We, we started doing that Viking clap as, like, Canucks fans kind of late in the last season too. into this season. Yeah, I kind of liken it to that a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it either. But uh, at least the Sharks, like, that's... That's their thing, right? The Sharks. It's just, yeah, it's, you know, at least it's that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It just looks ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Say so you got the Being Sharks. Being a grown man sitting in that yeah. audience, right? Like, it's okay. The kids are doing it. And I guess the dads are just having a moment with their kids. But we're whatever, also but. grown men wearing little boys' jerseys, That's too. true. So, I mean, where, where are you going to draw the line, That's Kirk? true. And if I go to Atlanta, <laughs> I am going to do the, uh, the chop, the Braves chop. <laughs> yeah. Even so. though it's frowned upon, I guess, these yeah, days. Yeah. So, you know, just don't... Uh, you're right. Art, you're, you're don't right. Tell I, I'm don't sound tell a, them what to do. Sound a little Scrooge-ish there. Yeah, don't tell them what to do there. Thanks for putting me back in my place. Uh, Columbus, Boston. Columbus, Boston. You're going to have to go Boston. Yeah, I'm going Boston. You have to. Yeah, I'm going to go Boston, too. Uh, and maybe that layoff might uh, affect Columbus a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Right? That's something that um, isn't talked about a lot, but 
they've had quite a few days off here, and Boston has been going hard against Toronto. Yeah, but that could that could work both ways too. Maybe there's a letdown for Boston after taking out. I, I still know, don't know how arrival. much I trust Bovrovsky either. Yeah, and right. Boston's the type of team that they smell any sort of weakness. Mm-hmm. They're going hard, hard at it. Uh, and I guess we can't really talk about what the next series because it's going to be the New York Islanders versus either Carolina or Capitals. Well, who do you who have you got? Capitals, Carolina. I got Washington. I'm going to go with Carolina. I know you are. You're a homer. Uh, Washington, or sorry, that's, the, that's that's not a homer. That's an awayer tonight. Well, you just told Washington. us like a few minutes ago that you're a huge I will, Carolina where fan. I live. Yeah, but like tonight they're they're playing in Washington. All I'm saying is you established the bias in a court of law. I would bring that out if I was a defense lawyer. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> would you do those exact hand <laughs> gestures you did to me as well? I would. That's very lawyerish of you. Yeah, I'm I'm actually style. impressed. Thank you, uh, Washington, or sorry, not Washington, but the. Uh, in the series, the home team has won every game so yes. far. Yeah. I think we bucked the trend tonight. We're going to buck the trend tonight. Warren well, Fogle. <laughs> there has been... <laughs> I, I wouldn't hate it if Carolina won. There, I will say that. There has been times in this series where Carolina has looked like the better team away. Right. I can't say the same for Washington. Right? I think Carolina has a fighting chance to get this done tonight. And it's all it's all on Holpe. Right? Holpe, he's a very calming figure back there. You know? Oh, fuck. Like, he's right? the reason why they even made their run last year. Yeah, They had Grubauer in at the beginning of the playoffs, and then Holby yeah. just comes in to the elation of everybody because he is their guy over yeah. there. And he made probably the, the, the best save we've seen in a pressure situation in any series in a while. That paddle save against Vegas, right, that turned the tide, that, that was it. I think the... I think the NHL still would like to have Ovechkin in the playoffs, though. You know, he's just such a draw. So what are you saying? We've seen, we've seen some off-kilter refing tonight? Maybe, yeah. A little, a little we off, could. A little off the easy. It's not like NHL would be known for that, doing that sort of thing, you know? Um, <laughs> why do you think the Sharks are a better team than the Avalanche? Or are you just going with that because that was your pick? It was my pick before. Okay. Um, and I also told you, though, that I think the Sharks are going to rally for from that, you know, Game Seven. Like that was mm-hmm. that was incredible how that happened. I mean, some people could look at it the other way. They don't deserve to be there. You know, maybe this is the New Orleans St. Louis Rams moment, right? Yeah. That's what people are referencing that bad call to. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, though, he still gave up four fucking goals on a five minute <laughs> power play. That's exactly. it. That's like that's yeah. That's it. That is it. Um. You got to stop the bleeding somehow. Yeah. I don't care how you do it. Exactly. I am pretty interested to see. And again, like I said, that long history with the Avalanche, I'll probably I'd never ever root for them openly. Um, but McKinnon has been just electric. Like he's been so fun to watch. He's one and of the he's one of the most exciting players in the game. To when, watch right now. when you have a guy like that, that everybody else is following their lead, I think something's brewing in in Colorado. With just like how electric he's been, yeah. Like how how does not as you uh, you as a player on that bench watching that guy play? How's that not inspiring? Like how do you not want to step your game up? And I just even are just they do it deep for him? enough? That's the question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, they're I mean, a fast team. Qu- questions at both ends in goaltending, and that's probably what it's going to yeah. come down to. And Martin Jones, he escaped by the hair of his chinny chin chin last night. By the fucking hair of his chinny chin chin. True. And uh, Grubauer, so far to me, has been the better of the two. Yeah. And let's not forget the big storyline in this series. 
Matt Nieto going against his old team. <laughs> it's all about Matt Nieto. <laughs> Matt Nieto's a he's a fine player. He's yeah. a fine fast player. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching him. Uh, Carl Soderberg too. I want to say that I'm really impressed with Carl Soderberg and the way he's been playing. So maybe you know they're they're getting contributions from some of those. Uh, depth players there in Colorado. Can they continue it? Mm-hmm. We will see. And I, I wonder how bad uh, Joe Pavelski is there. If that's going to be something that he's going to be out for a little while, because that'll that'll affect things, right? Yeah, and that and the power play. I mean, we saw how dangerous that power play can be. Colorado's not the best at defending. Yeah. In at at the best of times. Yeah. So yeah. that 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 power play for the Sharks might be able to feast for a little for a yeah. little bit too. Yeah. Well, between the Stammers, another episode, Curb. Yeah. Yeah. Shorty. A shorty. Well, not really. We're getting out. We're getting out. Uh, not, not too much Canucks stuff to talk a, about. A tad shorter. A smidgen yeah. shorter. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you? Uh, at Curbman23 on Twitter. And you can email us at betweenthestammers at gmail.com. We got an email from betweenthestammers at, at gmail.com, didn't we? Yeah. You what got, was it? You got chirped, remember? Yeah, you got chirped, right. You got chirped for uh, saying you'll do, only do a shotgun Jake at 30. All right. A listener told you to stop being such a muffin pants and do it at 20 if you're going to even bother with it. Mm, right. I see. All right. Okay. Listen, I, I agree with you. him. All right. Oh, is it him? Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll find you. I'll show you. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Art Aronson on all socials. Um, thanks for tuning in.